Hello, and thank you for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church Maryville here in Maryville, Tennessee. If you haven't already, you can visit our website to find out more information about our church or to find our full audio archive with all of our messages. So you can find all of that at www.vineyardchurch.us, or you can also subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts. Now, let's hear this week's message. Now, I want to congratulate some of you today because your goal for Thanksgiving was simply to survive Thanksgiving, right? This is one of those times of the year for some of you when it gets a little bit crazy around the house. You have family coming in from everywhere. You have grandparents, you have aunts, you have uncles, you have cousins. You got your daughter's boyfriend and their family showing up at your house, things like that. You're looking at your couch and there's an individual there and you're like, did we invite them this year? Where did, are they just crashing our Thanksgiving dinner? What is really going on? You find yourself praying to Jesus that he'll do his loaves and fishes thing to the meal that you've prepared so that everybody has enough food to eat, right? Thanksgiving can be a crazy, crazy weekend, and it doesn't get any easier because Christmas is four weeks away, right? I thought we'd get a a woohoo over here from my child, but because she's been counting down the number of days till Christmas since about December 26th of last year. She reminds us each and every day, it's this many days till Christmas. And so tis the season, but perhaps it seems for some of us like it's tis the season for craziness, or tis the season for uh, the wrong kind of reasons. Maybe you find yourself in that place, maybe you don't, but especially in this craziness of the holiday season, what we need to do is we need to take a moment, and we need to take a deep breath, and we need to focus our gaze on the one to whom all praises do. Amen? Amen? And yes, we should do that at all times of the year. We should always fix our gaze upon Jesus. But especially in the craziness of this season, uh, we need to do that. So let's fix our eyes on the Lord. And remember that Jesus just wasn't any type of guy. But he is Lord. He is Savior of our lives. He is the Son of God and the Son of Man. He's He's the right one to gaze our focus upon. Now, this morning is the first Sunday of the Advent season, and for the next weeks, we'll be looking at four integral pieces of our walk with Christ that walk hand in hand with the Advent season. Those are hope, peace, joy, and love. And so this morning, you get this concept of hope, and hope is a word that I've actually learned to love and cherish over my years as a pastor. Uh, The church that I helped plant 12 years ago, we called that church Hope Community Church. And and the word itself, hope, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's hopeful. It's it's a hopeful word when you hear it. And in, in my opinion, hope is what Christmas is really all about. If you think of the Israelites in the time of Jesus's birth, Their hope was for the Messiah to come. You know, they were were walking and and, and living out their lives with this eager anticipation of when is the Messiah going to come? When is the Messiah going to come? Those of you who know the scriptures, we tend to look at most of this time of year, the scriptures of the shepherds in the field and they're watching over their sheep. And then the angel and the heavenly host appear and they announce the birth of the Messiah. That was the promise 
that these people had been waiting for their whole lives. They had been taught this their whole lives. And when that announcement came, that hope that was in them sprang out of them in such a way that it made these shepherds do something that they would actually never do in their lives. They left their sheep. Shepherds would never leave their sheep, but they had so much hope built up. And then when that announcement came, it just that hope all just sprang out and they took off and they had to go find the baby. Today, when we think of hope, we think of words like, come Lord Jesus, that we hear from the author John in the book of, the Revel- book of Revelation. It's a desperate desire to see God's promises come true, to come to fruition. So hope was there for the Israelites in the days of Jesus' birth. Hope is here for us today as we long for Jesus' glorious return. And so this morning, I have three scriptures about hope that I want to share with us today to give our hope some sort of character, if you will, or a depthness to our hope. There's so many scriptures that we could choose from for the sake of time this morning. I've chosen three. Now, I understand that when we think of the Advent season, Christmas comes to mind, which means the birth of our Savior comes to mind. Absolutely love that. That's what this season is really about. It's absolutely incredible. But I'm going to be a little bit different in the sermon today for an Advent type of sermon because I want to talk to us about an integral aspect of our hope that we need to cling to as Christians. That when we think of the birth of Jesus, this is a word that should really immediately come to our minds and come to our hearts when we think of Advent and when we think of the birth of Jesus. You ready for it? It's resurrection. Resurrection. And you might be like, wait a minute, Chris. Resurrection? That's Easter. That's what Easter is about. But here's the thing. And when I taught year after year after year during the Advent season at my former church, I would say this every single year. When you think about the birth of Jesus and ponder the birth of Jesus, you can't help but then think of Jesus' life and his ministry. And then when you think of Jesus' life and his ministry, you can't then help but think of Jesus' death on the cross. But then when you start thinking about Jesus' death on a cross, you can't help but immediately think of his glorious resurrection as well. And so when I think of the manger scene, my mind can't help but fast forward to the open tomb as well. When I think of Jesus's mother, Mary, holding the baby Jesus in his arms uh, after his birth, I can't help uh, to think of Jesus calling out another Mary's name, revealing himself to her as risen. When I I think of God coming to this world and revealing himself in his birth, I can't think of him, I can't help but think of him walking into the room where his disciples were staying and announcing, revealing himself as resurrected. It's a hurricane outside. Jesus' birth leads us, that was was spirit, that was spirit. He's liking what I'm saying, I love it. Jesus' birth leads us to his resurrection, which gives us hope. The first of the scriptures I want to share with you this morning 
comes from 1 Peter chapter 1. It's verses 3 through 5. And it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. When we think of our hope, we need to think about resurrection. We sang the song earlier with the lyrics, Jesus Christ, our living hope. Our hope is alive because our Lord Jesus is alive. He is resurrected. When you walk through the Bible, one of the consistent themes of the Bible, it's God's desire to walk with his people, to dwell with his people. That was the original picture of the garden with Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve being able to dwell with God. Jesus' birth, he comes to earth. Why? To dwell with his people. It was Jesus himself, God himself, coming to be with us. And so through Jesus' death, we are saved from death. And then through Jesus' resurrection, we are promised the same resurrection of Jesus. Why? So that we may dwell with God forever. Forever. When Jesus returns, all the children of God, all who put their allegiance, all who put their faith in Christ will experience the same resurrection that Jesus experienced. And this is where our hope lies. Those shepherds in the field had their hope in the Messiah to come. Today, we are the shepherds of the field. And our hope is in our resurrected king who will return. And when he does return, the scripture tells us that, it, here, that, tells us here that an inheritance awaits. It's described by Peter as imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Those are awesome words because that means it's never going to go away. And if that doesn't give you hope, then what does? A time that we will all dwell with the Lord forever. And so, you know, I'm kind of putting together this bucket and, and, and throwing things in the bucket of what it means to hope in Christ. And what I, the first thing is that I want you to throw in this bucket is when you think of the word hope or when you think of your hope in Christ, you got to throw in his resurrection. You got to be thinking of his resurrection. The second scripture I want to share with you is from Romans chapter 15, and this is verse 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. As God is the source of many things in our lives, he is also the author and the source of our hope. And it says here that through this hope that God gives us, and that comes through his word, that comes through his life and ministry, that comes through his death, that comes through his resurrection, we are then filled, the scripture tells us, with joy and peace in believing. That yummy center filling that we get when we experience this life with Christ, it comes through trusting God, trusting in his word, trusting in his promises. The word hope here in verse 13 then links to the previous verses in verses 9 through 12. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to read verse 12 to us. 
12, verse 12 says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. And what Paul is saying here in verses 9 through 12, he's giving a series of Old Testament scriptures. He's referring us and speaking that the Gentiles, and what does that mean? If you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. That the Gentiles are included in the promises that are given by God in his word. These are different scriptures from like 2 Samuel and the Psalms and Deuteronomy and Isaiah. And what Paul is saying is that promise for us has been there from the beginning. It's not like Jesus came onto the scene and you go, you know what? I'm just going to include the Gentiles into all this too. I've just made the decision in the moment. No, it's been that way. Those promises have been there for both Jew and Gentile from the very beginning. And so when Jesus came, knowing his death was necessary to save us from sin, he also knew that his resurrection would bring us hope because for believers, once again, his resurrection is our resurrection. And his defeat of death is our defeat of death. And so the more we trust in the Lord, the greater then is our joy, the greater then is the peace that we feel in our lives, the greater is the hope we experience. If we go back to verse 13, at the bottom it says, By the power of the Holy Spirit, we may abound in hope. Hear that word. We may abound in hope. Now, how many of us feel like they abound in hope? Like you got so much hope in you that it's spilling out of you and you want to share it with everybody around you. Here's some hope for you, here's some hope for you, and here's some for you, and here's some for you. How many of us actually feel like that? If you do, beautiful. Kind of reminds me of a picture that we find in Scripture. Kind of looks a whole lot like the Great Commission, where we share the hope that we have in Jesus with others. It looks a whole lot like our vision around here at Maryville Vineyard, which is walking with Jesus and loving our neighbor. But just maybe, just maybe you are here this morning and you f don't feel that abounding sense of your hope. Maybe you feel like your hope is wavering. Maybe you feel like your hope is small in comparison. Whatever the case, maybe you just definitely don't feel like it's abounding. And if this is the case, I'm going to give you what's going to sound like the preacher thing to say, all right? But if this is you this morning, I encourage you to then look to the one who is the author of hope, and that's God. He's the one that fills us with this abounding hope. See, God isn't just going to come into our lives and give us a little bit of hope, He's not going to give us a little type of hope where it is wavering back and forth or where it does seem small in comparison. No, Jesus is about giving each and every one of us an abounding type of hope. There is nothing in this world that can do that for you. There is no one in your family. There, there is no spouse. There is no kid that can fill you with a bounding type of hope like Jesus can. If, if you're looking to the things of this world, if you're looking at the circumstances of your life to, and say, that's what my hope is in, boy, you are going to find that your hope is small. 
you're going to find that your hope is insignificant even, irrelevant. So let us look to God for the hope that we are to have. And what looking to God truly means is that we're trusting him. Asking ourselves the question, how much trust for my life now, how much trust do I have in the Lord? Do I trust that he speaks to me? Do I trust that he loves me? Do I trust that he is for me? Do I trust that what this word says who he is? Do I trust what this word says who I am in him? If the answers to those questions are yes, the Bible says we will abound in hope, meaning hope will seep into all aspects of our lives. Every bit of our being and our hope will become foundational for who we are and how we live. I see AJ down here. This is what AJ and Aaron both like to say. Lean in a little bit. Lean in a little bit. My friends, we can trust in the Lord. We can trust in the Lord. We can trust in his promises. And if you doubt that in the very least, you have to look no further than Jesus' birth. Fulfilled promise. Fulfilled prophecy. A fulfilled promise that brings us hope. We, have, uh, we don't have to look any further than his death and resurrection, which saves us from death and gives us new life. And so part of this bucket of hope Part of this character of the hope that we have in Christ and walking with Jesus means we have an abounding hope, not some small, you know, insignificant type of hope. And then the last scripture I want to share with you this morning comes from Hebrews chapter 6. And this is Hebrews 6 verses 17 through 19. It says, so when God desires to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, He guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this, and this is talking about our hope in Christ. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. I love how the author of Hebrews here describes our hope in Jesus as the anchor of the soul. When I think of of an anchor, there are two things that come to my mind immediately. The first is that I think of stability and I think of strength. That as we continue to grow in our hope in Jesus, we're setting our feet on firm ground. Aaron taught us last week about the the building, our, our foundation of who we are on rock and not on sand. That's growing stronger in our walk with Jesus. 13 years ago, my wife and I went to Ethiopia to get Hannah when she was seven months old. And at seven months old, she was 10 pounds, 10 pounds. And a 30-hour plane ride back home from Ethiopia, she fit right in the forearm right here. And I carried her, well, we, we shared the we shared the joy of this, but we carried her in our forearm for 30 hours from Ethiopia through Rome, through Washington, D.C., finally got back to Knoxville. My arm was jacked when, when, when I got home. I've since lost all that muscle. But one of the things that we noticed about Hannah as a baby is that she had little to no leg strength whatsoever. 
the place where she was at in Ethiopia, there were two babies to every crib. And so the babies would not sleep lengthwise in a crib. They would sleep widthwise in the crib. And so for the babies to fit, they would curl their legs in. All right? And so when we got her, she had, it, her, leg, her muscles were jello in the legs. No, no leg strength, no stability in her legs whatsoever. So the first thing that Jean and I purchased was one of those uh, jumpers with the elastic strands that you put like in a doorway, right? And so we'd put Hannah in that, and we'd set her feet on the ground, and we'd start teaching her how to push up with her feet. And we had to do it for her. It was like, a, you know, a workout session for her. Every single day we would do this, and eventually it started working to where she could start doing it herself. And then she start, started crawling around and pushing, not with her hands, but with her legs. She started pushing with her legs when she crawled. And then once she learned to walk, she was gone. She, like, it took like three seconds. She walked, and then she ran. That's how she did things. Now you fast forward 13 years, and this girl can run a sub-seven-minute mile on the track. And she's all legs. She's all strength. Her quads are huge. Low center of gravity for stability. Runs like the wind. I can't keep up with her anymore. All I got is a stopwatch. All I got is a stopwatch. I say that to say in the same manner, when our hope is in Jesus, built on the solid ground that he is for our lives, through our relationship with him, our strength and our stability can grow to be off the charts. How do feelings of helplessness go away in our lives? It's through our hope that we have in Christ. How, how does the stress in our lives get reduced? It's through the living hope of Jesus. How can the quality of our lives improve, whether that's health, whether that's morally, whether that's our well-being? It's through the living hope that we have through Jesus Christ. And then when you also think of an anchor along with strength and stability, an anchor gives security. If you think of a boat in the storm, that an anchor helps hold that boat down in the midst of that storm, an anchor is going to give assurance in the situation. The Hebrew scripture tells us to hold fast to the hope set before us. It's because our hope in Christ is an assurance that God's promises will all come to fruition. They will all come true. Now, if you know me at all, you know of what a big Buffalo Bills fan I am. And I have some hope. Right, Micah? Micah's, Micah's over there. He's my other Buffalo Bills guy in the, in the church. I have some hope that this team might one day win a Super Bowl. Probably will not happen in my lifetime, but I have some hope. But I, am I assured with this hope? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Why am I not assured? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you. And if I speak too loudly, it's just because I'm so passionate about it. Four straight Super Bowl losses. Wide right. For those of you who know football analogies, you know what I'm talking about. The Music City miracle that I still say to this day was an illegal forward pass by the Titans. Losing to Kansas City in the playoffs last year to a coin flip in overtime. All right? 
There is no assurance that this team will ever win the Super Bowl. I'm hoping, but there's no assurance in that hope. But with my hope in Christ, I have full assurance that his promises are going to come true. Every single one of them. How, how do I have that insurance? Because over and 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 over again, Jesus brings those promises to fruition. Jesus fulfills those promises that we see in Scripture. Jesus fulfills those prophecies that we see in Scripture. Jesus is the one that's saving people's lives one by one by one. We can believe in what this word says. We can believe in the promises of God. We can be assured that they're going to come true. And so in the bucket of our hope in Christ comes things like joy, peace, strength, stability, security, and assurance. This is the time of year when you're going to hear this word hope said a whole lot. It's said a whole lot. And I hope pun intended, I hope that when you hear this word during this Christmas season, it's got some depth to it. It's just not a word that we throw around, but it really means something to us. There's a depth and a character to this hope that we live out. It is foundational for who we are as children of God.